Hey guys, welcome to my channel. My name is Dr. Tom LeHue. I'm going to be talking about Enneagram Type 9, and we're going to be looking at the checklist of Type 9s from this book, The Enneagram Guide to Waking Up by Beatrice Chestnut. Fantastic book. And in this, she has a checklist. If you are a 9, maybe these things are true about you. So let's just look at what she says and talk about it. Uh, before we begin the video, I want to remind you that in the description below is a link to my website, TomLahue.com, where you can book coaching appointments, Enneagram coaching appointments, or Enneagram relationship coaching appointments. Also, there's information about the certificate programs that I offer on Enneagram coaching. If you want to go deeper and you uh, want to add Enneagram coaching to your uh, skill set, I would love to have you in one of those classes. And... What else? Thanks to my patrons. I really appreciate your support. I know you don't have to do it, and I really appreciate it. Thank you for supporting this channel. Okay, so let's get into it today, and we're going to be talking about type nines. Uh, a lot of nines follow this channel, and I think, um, you know, nines, they wake up. They wake up, and then they say, wait a minute, how did I get here in life? How did I end up here? Why am I doing this job? Why am I in this relationship with this person? I don't even like golf. Why am I golfing every weekend? So um, I appreciate you nines. You guys are easygoing people that are friendly and easy to get along with much of the time. You have your moments. Okay, so let's look at uh, what she says about this. Um, the path from sloth to right action. Be there for others, but never leave yourself behind. Good quote. Be there for others, but never leave yourself behind. On my daughter, Kaylee, her, she's a nine wing one on her YouTube channel, which is listed below in the description. Description below? It's somewhere down there. Grace and Kaylee. Grace is an eight. Kaylee's a nine. One of the things that Kaylee has, like sort of her motto is, be gentle with yourself. Sounds like a nine. All right. Once upon a time, she begins each chapter with like a little story, like a little story of what it was like for this child growing up. Okay. So once upon a time, there was a little person named nine. And early on in life, they felt safe and connected to everybody. They were a part of the family. They were a part of the group and they felt like they belonged. They had a place. They had a voice. But then something happened. Um, this unity that they were experiencing, this peace and joy and harmony, became threatened in some way. One day, um, the nine woke up feeling alone, feeling like they were not a part of the group, feeling like they didn't belong. And this really bothered them. And they looked around and it was like they noticed that other people, it didn't seem to bother them that they were disconnected, that they were separated, that they were off on their own, doing their own thing. It seemed like they wanted to do that. And the nine felt very disturbed by this. Like, what's what's wrong? Why am I feeling separated? Or why am I feeling alone and disconnected? Um, that feeling, that anxiety that comes from feeling like you're alone or separated led to the nine protesting and saying to those around them, hey, I'm feeling alone. I'm feeling separated. I'm feeling like I'm not a part of the group, which only made it worse because people didn't want to hear their complaints. People didn't want to hear the little nine um, speaking up and opposing them. And so that just made it worse. They felt even more separated. When they spoke up and when they voiced their needs and when they voiced their protest to the way they were feeling, they learned pretty quickly that people don't like it when you're angry. They don't like it when you're needy. They don't like it when you stand up for yourself, which further pushed the nine back, further pushed them to be quiet, pushed them to remain comfortable. They were, dis they were feeling uncomfortable. They voiced their discomfort, which made other people 
make them feel more uncomfortable. So they realized, I can't do this. I, I, I can't speak up. This feels lonely and scary. No longer connected. No longer having a sense of belonging. Not knowing my place in the family. Um, when they wanted to reestablish this connection, nobody would listen. Those around them spoke louder. Um, I think of Harry Potter under the stairs. You know, uh, they didn't seem bothered by the fact that they want uh, other people didn't seem bothered by by the fact to to say what they wanted. But it felt hard for the nine to speak up and say what they wanted. They didn't seem uh, other people didn't seem to care what the nine was saying. Uh, so he tried speaking louder and protesting, but no one paid attention. So he simply gave up. If they weren't going to listen, he might as well just go back to sleep. You know, I, I don't know, in the movie Home Alone, I get that kind of image. Like, this must be a little bit what it feels like. You remember in the opening scenes of Home Alone, when Kevin, you know, Macaulay Culkin, when he's kind of at odds with everybody in the family. And you can just get that sense that he's feeling disconnected, he's feeling separate, he's feeling unheard. Um, he likes cheese pizza, and, you know, they've already eaten all of that. And everybody's just kind of taking him for granted, walking past him, walking over him. Nobody's really making room for him in their life. And you can see that anger and that frustration flare up in him as he protests this feeling of not being a part of the family, like not being included, not being cared about, not being loved, being disrespected. And he's protesting all of this. I don't know that the character is a nine. I don't know. I'd have to think about it. I don't know. But I just, I just visualize that kind of like environment, that something like that might have happened in the nine's life, and then they realize that you know when you protest and when you speak up, what happens? You get sent upstairs to the attic. Um, you know what happens? You get sent uh, under the stairs you know, with Harry Potter. You know where all the spiders are. That's what happens to you. So you learn. It's just not worth speaking up. I, I'm I'm feeling disconnected. I'm feeling like an outcast. I'm feeling like I, I'm separated from everybody else. And then when I speak up and protest about that, where does he end up? He ends up sent up into the attic, you know, and then left, left behind. And in my mind, that's kind of like what I visualize that maybe every nine might experience in some way or another, how she's describing it. Okay, that's the kind of image that comes to my mind. So Nine kept on sleeping and trying to find comfort, uh, but this sensation of not being connected is overwhelming. It's, it makes them anxious. They grow concerned and wants to be included, wants to be connected again. Um, so they just stop getting, trying to get people's attention, attention, attention. Maybe I need a drink of water. Okay. So they just stop trying to get people's attention and begin distracting themselves. And kind of doing whatever it takes to feel more comfortable in life. Nine tries different ways to, uh, you know, attain this connection once again. Uh, to get some kind of feelings of belonging. He made friends and did whatever they wanted him to do. Now, okay, let's pause right there. Um, sometimes your friends are going to try to get you to do things that maybe you shouldn't do. I can think back when I was a teenager, you know, there was a kid in our group, kind of in our group, who was definitely a nine. And I could pick up on pretty quickly how other people were taking advantage of him. You know, he had a car, he had a job, he had money, 
and some of the other guys that I was running with, you know, they they kind of used him. And to be honest, I think I probably did too. Like, hey, could you give me a ride here or could I drive your car? Um, but I, I picked up on that early on. Like some of these people that he thinks are his friends are not really his friends. I mean, they're just kind of they're just kind of taking advantage of him. And I think that would be an easy place for nines to kind of find themselves in relationships and may not even realize it, that they're sort of being kind of, you know, taken advantage of because they're easy to get along with and you tend to want to do what everybody else is doing or be okay doing what everybody else is doing. And I think this is a this is a moment where maybe, you know, there should be some some realization and some waking up. Like, I imagine that there's probably a lot of nines that get into trouble for things that weren't their idea. You know, it wasn't really their idea, but they they went along and they were there. They were kind of in the audience, you know, laughing about it. And they end up suspended or end up expelled or end up fired uh, because they went along with it. They went along with what their friends were doing, with what those dominant, you know, people around them were doing. And it may not be in your best interest to always be so accommodating to other people's agendas. I mean, it makes people like you and it makes people get along with you. But it might not move you to the place in life that you would really prefer to be in, if you had any preferences. Okay. (laughs) Tried to blend in and forget the distance that he felt between him and... So think about, you know, Kevin in Home Alone, you know, um, protesting uh, this, this distance that he's feeling. And it only pushes him further away from the family. So what are you going to do? Well, you're going to try to... You're going to realize I can't, maybe I can't, I can't speak up because when I speak up, it makes things worse. It just makes people upset with me. It just creates further problems for me, which is nines don't want problems, but it creates further problems to speak up because now you feel even more disconnected because now you're locked away in the attic, you know? So you might get the message where, I mean, the obvious thing you might think is, is if you were an eight or a one, you know, that's not going to deter you. Uh, just because, you know, people are pushing back against you. But in your nineness, that becomes an overwhelming message of, I need to just shut up. I need to just be okay with things as they are. I need to just, you know, do whatever I need to do to avoid making this situation worse. And we can appreciate that, but it's not maybe always in your best interest or in the interest of your relationships, to be that accommodating. Okay, Uh, we appreciate it, and it's fantastic, and in the right circumstances, it's exactly what should be done. And we should be more like that. The rest of us should be more like that. But there's going to be times where it would be helpful if you kind of realized, you know, first of all, if you realized, I'm an individual. I belong to a community, yes, but I myself am an, 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 an individual, and it's okay for me to be a person. <laughs> it sounds kind of funny when I say it out loud. It's okay for me to be an independent person. It's okay for me to be a separate person. Like, my head's not going to explode if I'm a... You know what's amazing is the very thing that you are afraid of, like, of being separated. Like, if, if I were to speak up, this person would leave me. What's ironic is... Of all the people on the Enneagram, if somebody actually left you, you as a nine are probably going to be the most okay. You'd be like, well, it didn't work out, you know, and I'm, I'm okay. I'm all right. You're going to rush to kind of get okay once the immediate anxiety of that separation goes away. Like, you're fine. You're fine. You're rock solid. 
You are much, much more capable and steady than you realize. And if these people that you're trying so hard and desperately to connect to and get along with, if they were to finally just like give up on you and walk away, you're going to be okay. You will be. Um, you're going to be all right. You're going to land on your feet. It might be overwhelming and, and feel terrifying, but at the end of the day, like give it three weeks. Watch. I come and I ask you, how are you doing after that breakup? And you're like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, you might even realize that like you're better off. I bet there's been many times in your life where the people that were your friends, when it finally, you know, when they finally went separate ways, like they moved away or you graduated from high school and you kind of moved away from that group of friends. I, I bet there's been several times, at least in your life, where after those relationships came to an end, you you realized like, why was I even friends with them? Like, I don't even really miss them. I I, th I thought they were my friends, but I haven't talked to them in five years. I haven't talked to them in 10 years. And honestly, I don't really even miss that interaction. I think you might be surprised at how okay you really are on your own two feet and being an individual and being a separate person. Because you are a person, okay? You are a person. You're a person and we love you, okay? Be a person. All right, first of all, the first rule of being a person is to remember that you are a person. Okay, fun facts with Dr. Tom LeHue. All right, so he tried to blend in, forget the distance, focused on forgetting your own desires. Okay, just realize that most of us don't do that, all right? And actually, in a way, you're, you're still operating from a desire, a desire to keep peace, a desire to keep harmony, a desire to remain comfortable. So you're still kind of operating from a desire. But realize it's a lot harder for a seven, for example, or an eight or a six to just kind of forget their own agenda. I can't imagine sevens, eights, and nines, the assertive types, being like, oh, I'm going to forget my agenda and just go along with everybody else. That's probably the safe path. Um, I, you know, you, you want to watch what you're doing. You want to observe what you're doing and go, am I doing that? Am I really doing that? I mean, like I said, you know, I don't even like golf. So why are you playing golf every weekend? I don't know. Um, my husband wants to play golf. Okay, that's cool. That's cool that somebody in your life loves golf. Here's the whole point, though. You're very likely to think you like golf. Because you do it every week. You do it every weekend, so you think you like it. You think you like, you know, riding Harley motorcycles. You think you like going boating. You think you like it. And then one day you kind of wake up and realize, like, you know, if that person was gone, like if my husband passed away or moved away or whatever... Would you still play golf? Would you still ride Harleys? Would you still, you know, um, would you still do these activities that you're doing? You might realize that you're kind of sleeping. You're, that's the whole point. You're kind of sleeping through your agenda while being very focused on other people's agenda, which again, makes people like you. Oh, you're so likable. And that's good. You know, easy going and likable. That's great. I could get along with that. Um, it's just kind of like, yeah, but to what, what are you sacrificing to be this easygoing and likable? Like, what are you killing inside yourself in order to get along with me? Because at the end of the day, like, I don't want you to have to sacrifice who you are in order to be in a relationship with me. That's not, that's not healthy. That's not good. Come on. I want you to fully show up. And that's going to mean that sometimes we're going to have conflict. That doesn't mean that we need to back away from this relationship. It just means that this is a real relationship. 
real relationships have conflict. It's a part of it. And you're not going to die or explode just because you don't see things eye to eye. Um, or just because the other person's perspective is stupid. I know that's hard for you because you think, oh, other people, they have their reasons and it's important for me to understand it. Okay, sometimes it's just helpful to admit like this other person is crazy. They're toxic. And, you know, when when a toxic person is talking to me, it's helpful if I just remember, oh, yeah, they're they're bitter. They're full of poison and they're toxic. And so when they say things that sound toxic, it's because they're toxic. And I don't need to try to understand their agenda. I don't need to try to understand their viewpoint. I could be patient with them and I could be respectful to them, but I don't need to try to see things their way because they're crazy. They're toxic. And I need to just recognize that and not work so hard to try to make sense of other people's nonsense. Okay? When people are being nonsense, just recognize, hmm, that's kind of nonsense. You can still love them. In fact, we should still love them. But I don't have to, like, try to understand their viewpoint. Okay? Okay. That's my perspective. Realize I'm not a nine. I'm a seven. So I'm seeing things over here on my side. I see it through my lens. I can't help but see it, you know, in the way I see it. And, you know, it's just another perspective. And you love perspectives. All right. So where are we? Um, whew, overtime. This is a really hard sentence. Okay. This is a really hard sentence. I'm not a nine. And when I read this, I was like, ow, ow. So this is probably going to be a little stingy, a little painful. Overtime, nine's survival strategy of staying quiet and comfortable to avoid the pain of his separate existence. Wow. Just listen to that. We're not even done with the sentence yet. Over time, the nine's survival strategy, I'm just trying to survive. Life is terrible. Life is difficult. Life is hard. Again, I would say we don't live in the Garden of Eden anymore, so there's a lot to be upset about, okay? Things don't work the way they're supposed to. Over time, the nine's survival strategy, all of these Enneagram types are survival strategies, okay? They're all you know, ways that broken people make it through a broken world from one side to the other, okay? And they work a lot of the time, but sometimes sometimes our personalities are working against us, against our goals in life. The ninth survival strategy of staying quiet, staying comfortable, and avoiding the pain of your separate existence has caused him to forget about all his own feelings and his own opinions, and his own voice. Now, if you are a nine, and I've talked to maybe thousands of nines in coaching appointments, hundreds for sure. If you are a nine, you know what I'm talking about. Okay? You know what I'm talking about. Is over time, you begin to forget your own feelings, your own opinions, and your own voice. Wow. Think about an eight and a one right next to you on both sides. Do they know their own feelings? Do they know their own opinions? And do they know their own voice? Absolutely. You can see why you have these two wings on either side of you that help balance out this gentleness in which you, in which you uh, exhibit. You have these two wings that both very strong opinions, very strong feelings, very strong uh, voice as to the way things should be done. And there you are right in the middle. You mellow them out 
uh, when 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 they have you as a wing, you mellow out their strong opinions. But it's good for you to 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 kind of lean into one and eight a little bit at times and kind of think about well, what do you think about this? You know, what do I think about this? How do I feel about this? And if I were to get in touch more with myself and understand myself, it might mean that some of my relationships are threatened. But even still, maybe some of those relationships are not really in my best interest to begin with. If me showing up fully as a person damages the relationships I in, I am in, then I've got to ask myself, are these really the kind of relationships that I should be in? That was really good. You might want to write that down. You have to rewind that. Hit that little 10 second button back. Rewind that. That was really good. I don't even think I could say it again. So I'm just going to move on. All right. Uh, He would rather get along with people. Okay. I love people. I love getting along with people. Nobody likes getting along with people better than I like getting along with people. But, you know, you and I, sevens and nines, we have this eight right between us that we both have to, you know, kind of lean into a little bit. um, Where we, you know, own our own space. We own our own voice. And we own our own opinion and we have to not be so afraid. We both share six in common, nines and sevens. We both share six in common where we don't feel so anxious. We don't feel so nervous. Like if we were to speak up and we were to be the boss or if we were to be in charge, other people, they're going to be upset. Okay. Yeah, but you know what? I'll be all right. You'll be all right. You'll be all right. Um, Staying comfortable is so much more comfortable. Comfort is good. But, you know, when you think about growth, every time you really grow, it's going to disrupt your comfort. Every time. I mean, when you learn a foreign language, you feel awkward, right? And nines hate awkward. But when you learn something, you feel awkward. When you ride a bicycle for the first time, awkward. When you sit down to try to learn an instrument, you know, awkward. When I remember, you know, I love guitars and other things. But I remember one time when I was trying to learn to play the banjo. Because every seven needs to learn to play the banjo. Look, if you can't play the banjo, I mean, what good are you, right? If you're a five, you're probably learning the accordion. But, you know, when I learned to play the banjo, it was really loud. It was really loud and it was really obnoxious. Or as my son Harrison would say when he was a kid, hobnoxious. He also like hawker pusses. That's an octopus, by the way. Uh, you know, playing a banjo can be pretty obnoxious when you're first learning how to do it. Violin, too, can be pretty obnoxious to everybody else in the house. When you first learn something, you're going to feel awkward. You're going to feel uncomfortable. If you were to go to a gym and get into shape, you're going to feel uncomfortable. So what am I saying? Real growth always makes you feel uncomfortable. It always does. To some degree. I mean, there's some level of anxiety and nervousness and what will people think and is it going to bother somebody else? Every time you grow, you're going to feel awkward. Here's the problem. If you can't stand the feeling of awkward, then what have you decided about yourself? I guess you've decided that you don't really want to grow. And that is kind of a scary thought. Because real growth is always going to cause pain. Real growth is always going to involve change. And you know, oftentimes, 
when that change becomes realized is when you get angry. It's when you get angry. It's when you say, oh my goodness, I tried to bend over and tie my shoes and my face turned red because I'm scared the belly in my way. <sighs> oh my goodness, I tried to use my credit card and it's maxed out. I'm so sick and tired of being in debt. I'm so sick and tired of being out of shape. I'm so sick and tired of, you know, if you never let yourself get sick and tired and angry, it's hard to have energy to really, you know, attain any kind of substantial change in your life. And that insulates you from having to change. So you're always comfortable or you're always working to seek your comfort. But I wonder how many wonderful things could be a part of your life if you didn't have the tendency to resist change. If you, if you would have let yourself feel a little bit more upset. But if I feel upset and then show that, then other people will just disconnect from me more. Maybe. Maybe. But on the other hand, um, maybe things in your life that have kind of been let go would, 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 be, dealt, would be dealt with. And, you know, I, I think with nines, it's like you're so content, which is great. I need to be more content. My sin is gluttony, right? I need to be more content. But you're so content that sometimes you can become too content with being content. Like you need to be a little more discontent. Well, why? Why should I want to be discontent? Okay, could your life be better? Could your life be better? Of course, right? Here's the problem. It's not likely to get better as long as you're so content with the way things are. And it's great that you're content. It's just, the world could be a better place. It could be. But it's not going to be unless you show up fully in it. Like, there's conflict and there's chaos everywhere. And we need some mediators who will rise to the occasion, who will push their fears aside, and who will lean into those places of work and those places of education and those places of service, and they will mediate the conflict and get us working together. That's what nines are great at. I mean, it's like your gift to the world is like getting people to work together. But if you're so afraid of, of conflict, so afraid of upsetting the apple cart or having your own apple cart upset... You're never going to show up in a way that's really um, all that you could be and all that you have to offer. Okay. Well, that was a good sermon there. Let me move on. They might find themselves sleepwalking through life. Uh, nine tried to share their opinion. The way to connect with nines, listen to their opinions. By the way, I think it's ones, listen to their instructions. Twos, listen to their advice. Threes, listen to their accomplishments and achievements. Fours, listen to their feelings. Fives, listen to their information. Six, listen to their concerns. Sevens, listen to their dreams and their ideas. Eights, listen to their pushback. And then nines, listen to their opinions. But what happens, nines? People don't listen to your opinions. You, you're, you have such a gentle nature about you that when you start sharing your opinions, you might notice like other people like glazing over and like disregarding or even speaking over you. But you have something important to say. You do. 
and we need to listen to you, you might have to assert yourself a little bit more to make sure your opinion is heard. But that's kind of the fear, right? If your opinion differs from everybody else's, then that might leave you stranded, stranded on Isolation Island. Oh no, I'm on Isolation Island all by myself. Nobody agreed with my opinion. I need to know what the landscape is first before I talk so that I say what everybody is okay with. First of all, remember, you're a withdrawn type. You'll be fine on Isolation Island. If you end up on Isolation Island for a while, you're going to be fine. You're not going to stay there forever. But maybe you need to go on Isolation Island for a little bit. Think about who you are and what you want in life. Then come back and tell us. And yeah, some people are going to have a problem with it, but... Okay. All right. Um, Not able to know exactly what they want. No longer knowing what they wanted. Um, Anyway, so nine becomes a zombie in life. Here's our last sentence on this. A very peaceful, easygoing, comfort-loving zombie, but a zombie just the same. That's the danger, right? All of us can become zombies in life. Your way of checking out, I think, looks a little bit more like a person that's checked out. Just kind of sitting in the back at meetings, taking notes, you know... Raising concerns that aren't problems so that you spoke up in the meeting, but you didn't really say anything that pushed the apple cart too far. You know, working to get us all on the same page. And that's good. But there might be something more in there that you could bring to the table that could challenge uh, people a little bit. Okay. All right. So here's the checklist. We're at 30 minutes into the video, and here's the checklist. If... These things are true of you. You might be a type nine, okay? If you like it when everyone around you gets along harmoniously and there is no tension. And the nines go, yes, yes. Why do people have to create problems? Why do people have to create tension? Why do people make things awkward? Why do they sabotage our get-togethers with talk of politics and religion and strong, passionate feelings about vaccine mandates and masks and, ah, I think nines have like a radar. They have several radars. And one of them is, this is going to be awkward, so I need to not say that. Or somebody, my, my husband just said something awkward, so I need to smooth that over. Well, I mean, I think what he was trying to say was, is he really, you know, he was taken out of context here. He tried to smooth things over. But again, you know, real growth always has some level of tension. Every good story. Okay, you know, the speaking style of the nine is called the saga. Because they kind of go around and around the subject without maybe sometimes getting to the point. And it can be hard sometimes to listen to a nine because of that. Okay, every great movie you love, all right, listen to me. Every great movie you love, every great story that you love, whether it's, you know, um, Star Wars or Braveheart or, you know, Gladiator, any classic movie, you can see what, I don't go to like, Gone with the Wind and that kind of stuff, Sound of Music. But any great epic story has, I can guarantee you, has one thing in common. A lot of things, but one thing I can think of immediately is there's tension. There is tension in that story. And that tension is what compels you to pay attention to that story. You are living an epic life, okay? 
and in a real life movies copy reality and in real lives there is tension what if you were not so afraid of that tension what if you could live with the tension a little bit easier like if you could feel the six anxiety and then you didn't panic you just kind of pushed the six anxiety down and said you know what i'm not i'm not moving my ground i'm not backing down i'm going to continue to stand in in this place I'm going to continue to look people in the eyes and I'm going to tell them my perspective. And if that creates some tension, that just makes it exciting. Every great story has some level of tension in it. But if you can't handle the tension, then what's going to happen to you? Well, the word that comes to my mind is you're going to collapse. You're going to collapse in on yourself. And chances are that tension then becomes internal in you. Because it's not processed externally, because you're so focused on the external environment, on keeping things okay in my external environment, you haven't paid much attention to your internal environment. That's the whole point of the sloth, is you're not hearing your own voice. You're not listening to your own voice. And then you eventually, you, you, it's like you can't hear your own voice. So if you could turn the camera a little more internally, you might find there's a lot of tension inside you to work this hard to remove all the tensions that are around you. I don't want tension around me, so I just bring it all inside me. Ouch. We love you, okay? I only say this because I love you. People on my videos, they always make comments about, oh my goodness, you're so harsh. Uh, you hate ones. Oh, you hate fives. Oh, you hate... No, 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 no. That's exactly the opposite, right? If you can't see... Anybody could come on here and tell you, you know, 17 facts that make you, you're awesome, okay? And you are awesome. I tell you that all the time in these videos. But if you don't, if you don't see the blind spots, then how are you really going to grow? And just because I point out people's blind spots doesn't mean I don't love them. If you look at my videos on sevens, I'm angriest and maddest and frustrated the most with sevens, okay? So get over it. All right. There's my little rant. It's not to you nines. You nines are awesome. You would never create problems, would you? No. You get along with most people pretty well and find it easy to blend in with the agendas of others. Blend in. Blend in. I want you to hear that. Blend in. Think about those, those fours down there on the other side of the Enneagram. I think fours want to fit in, but they definitely don't want to blend in. Just put on your Dockers and your green polo shirt and your brown shoes and go drive a Ford and just blend in. Almost like camouflage, isn't it? Camouflage. Blending in. Camouflage. Um, I'm just going to let that bounce around in your head for a little while how hard am i working to blend in why do i want to blend in what am i gaining from blending in what would happen if i stood out a little bit what would that even look like how would i stand out in what ways would i stand out am i willing to stand out what would i gain from stepping up and standing out a little bit, what would I lose? Blending in with the agendas of others. What, what is my agenda? 
if I wasn't doing their agenda and wasn't so committed to blending in with other people's agendas, what would I do? How much have I done in life that honestly wasn't my agenda? Let me think about the schools I went to. Let me think about the the uh, programs that I graduated from. Let me think about the jobs that I took. Let me think about the the girls that I dated. Let me think about the friends that I hung around with. How much of what I've done in life has been other people's agendas? I just want that to, you know, bounce around a little while in your head. That could wake you up a little bit. Number three, you don't like to disturb the peace. Good. I like that. Um, And you excel at mediating and avoiding conflicts. What's the problem with this? Sometimes peace needs to be disturbed because it's not really peace. You know, just because things are quiet doesn't mean they're peaceful. Sometimes peace is terrible. If there is an oppressor, you know, hurting, abusing, oppressing, victimizing people, then peace is the last thing that we want right now. Somebody needs to do something about this bully. And keeping the peace is the wrong goal here. Attaining real peace by subduing an enemy, that should be the goal. We need to remove the bully, we need, to, we, we need to remove the threat, and then there could be real peace, and then we'd be peacemakers and not just peacekeepers. So sometimes, like, keeping the peace is the opposite of what should be done. Can you know the difference? Do you know the difference? Can you think about and see the difference? Like, you, like, for example, you've been keeping peace with your mother-in-law or keeping peace with mom for 30 years. And what has it gotten you? Like, does she love you more because of it? Is she treating you fantastic now? You know, maybe keeping the peace shouldn't be your, your only option. I'll tell you what will happen when you're so focused on keeping peace is you will just withdraw relationally. Because you can't, because there's no peace there. So what'll happen is you'll just stop calling mom. You'll just stop visiting mom. You'll start making up all kinds of fake, lame excuses as to why, you know, you can't interact. What's the real problem? Is there's, there's not peace there, but you're pretending as though there's peace there. So how is it ever going to get resolved if we never deal with it? but it's so uncomfortable to deal with it. Well, it's also so uncomfortable to to uh to have this kind of low-level tension. But you've learned to like live with it. Okay, where else are we at? Um you only rarely express anger in an open or direct way. Okay, you rarely express your anger in an open or direct way. So what does that mean? You, oh, I never have any anger then. That's not what it means. It means you tend to express it in an indirect way or in a closed, quiet, or you might say passive-aggressive way. Anger is real. And you may not even recognize it in yourself, 
But look how many times you try to tell yourself everything's fine. Oh, it's fine. It's no problem. They didn't really mean that. They, I, don't, I wasn't really doing anything anyway. It's okay. Think how many times you're telling yourself that what you're doing is fine or that what you're doing is what you really wanted to do or that they didn't really mean to sound like that. I just want you to realize that every time you're doing that, you're feeling something that's causing you to do that. That thing you're feeling is what an eight or a one would call anger. You're not recognizing it as anger. But if you have to tell yourself everything is fine, then what do you know? It's not fine. And that feeling that things aren't fine is anger. That's what anger is. It's like, this is, this is bull stink. This shouldn't be this way. Why is this like this? That's what an eight says. And that might be what a one says. But look at you. Oh, it's fine. It's not a big deal. They didn't really mean that. And they didn't, I mean, to be fair, to be fair, they had a hard time growing up. And I just need to understand their perspective. Okay. The times when you're doing that, I want you to like, you recalibrate your brain to go, oh, hey, I'm doing that thing again where I tell myself everything is fine. The reason I'm telling myself everything is fine is because something within me is telling me it's not fine. And when something's telling me it's not fine, it's probably what other types would call anger. If you could just have that little bit of realization, that would be a good starting point. Okay? So you tend to express your anger in passive-aggressive ways, like not showing up or not returning a call or um, calling out sick or, oh, I forgot to pick that up for you, or, you know, doing other things that don't need to be done to avoid what others have asked you to do. You can see many sides of an issue and easily understand the different perspectives. Awesome. That's great. Um, but some perspectives, you have to admit, are pretty hard to see, and you got to work really hard to try to, to make sense of it, because it doesn't make sense. And it might be that you just need to realize sometimes you need to just throw in the towel on that and say... You know, what they did was wrong. Like, I, I need to quit trying to, like, justify what they did and to make sense out of why they did what they did. And I need to be willing to lean into my one a little bit and just say, you know what? It was wrong. You know, here's a good, here's a good example of this. If somebody does something ridiculous, just ask yourself, would I do that? Would I do that? Would, would, I, would I do that? Let's suppose, you know, you're standing at the grocery counter and uh, the card machine isn't working and the guy in front of you says, this bull stinking card machine, you guys are a bunch of idiots in here. Okay, why try to understand that guy's perspective? Why try to mediate that? I mean, let me just ask you a question. Would you do that? Would you yell at the cashier because the card machine wasn't working right? Would you make a scene in a grocery store and call people, you know, dirty names because the, the card machine wasn't working right? Would you do that? Why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you treat people like that? You know why? Because you know it's wrong. You know it's wrong. You know it's wrong. That's why you would never do it. So why are you trying to understand why this guy does it? Why don't you just say, I would never do that. Therefore, I must think it's wrong. And I see somebody doing that. Therefore, A equals B, B equals C, A equals C. If I wouldn't do it because I know it's wrong and they're doing it, why is it so hard for me to say that that person's just being bad? And how might it help you in life if you could just say out loud, that person's a bad person? No, there's no bad people. Yes, there are. There are. There are people. You know, evil is a real thing. Evil exists. And it exists sometimes in the hearts of the people who are even close to you. 
And if you can't see it because you're so desperately trying to understand it, um, then you might be a victim of it. Okay. Where am I? Um, but that being said, I mean, there's many, many times where it's good to help your voice to kind of calm down the rest of us from being so ridiculous. We need your nine voice to say, hey guys, hey guys, listen, I don't think you're listening to each other. Let's try to hear each other out. That's really helpful, you know, if you have the courage to do it. It's really helpful to the rest of us. But sometimes you're working really hard to understand stupid. You can't understand stupid. But you're working really hard to try to understand it. It might be easier just to say, you know, that was stupid. A one. What would a one say? Stupid. What would an eight say? That was stupid. What does a nine say? Well, well, well. Okay, would you do it? Why wouldn't you do it? Because it's stupid. And it's mean. All right, where are we? You naturally support the people around you. Good. I like that. And get uh, not to get recognition for yourself, right? Because you're a nine. I'm not a real person. It doesn't matter. I'm, I'm just doing my thing. It's, you know, it's about them. It's about the little people. I'm helping the little people. But you just want to be helpful and promote a peaceful environment. Oh, so see, it kind of is about you because you can't handle being in an environment where there's conflict and tension. So you will do whatever it takes to create peace there. And we appreciate it. But just realize that a part of it, a little part of it, is because you want to be in a comfortable environment. And if you can't be, watch you quit. Watch you leave. Watch you move away. Because you don't want that conflict and that tension. Which I understand. I don't want it either. I agree with you. People tell you to find, they find you easygoing, friendly, and easy to be around. True. Most of the time, I would say that's true. And that's a good thing. I like friendly. You often find it hard to know what you want. Ow. You may sense a fog around you in terms of thinking about your own agenda, your own plans, your own dreams, your own desires, your own opinions. All that stuff's kind of very foggy. Or like I have a video on here called The Nine's Missing Files. It's like some files are missing. Other people seem to be able to access files that I just don't, I'm not able to access. I don't know. Okay. Last one. Although you don't always speak up to offer your opinion, you don't like it when the people overlook you or exclude you. It does bother you if people just take you for granted. You dislike it when people are authoritarian or author yeah, authoritarian with you and just command you around without really like listening to your perspective. Because at the end of the day, what? You have something to say. You have something to say. You have something to say and we want to hear it. We want to hear your voice. We want to hear you speak up. We want to hear this gentle soul. You know, um, you're stronger than you think you are. You're more stable and independent than you think you are and more capable than you think you are. Um, okay. Well, I think this video is done. I feel like I said everything I wanted to say, covered the information, and thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it. I hope that it's helpful to you. I hope it challenges you in a way that you can accept to move forward and maybe become a little more discontent um, with what you have grown so content with. And think about, you know, what are my goals for my life? And are my behaviors always moving me toward those goals? And how might my own behavior sometimes be sabotaging my forward progress in life? 
Okay, well, thank you guys, and as always, be present to life. Um, I think for nines, you know, they tend to be observers of life, and much of life would be easier if we could be a little more observing and a little less, you know, uh, um, trying to control. But there are things in life that do need you to show up fully in. In other words, sometimes you do need to do something about something in your life. And waiting till tomorrow is not necessarily always the best plan of action. All right, I'll see you guys next time. Thanks. Blessings.